You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Robert Carrillo, and we are uh, doing a, today a study of Joshua. And um, of course, this is a brief study, not an in-depth study, but uh, Joshua is such an inspirational story. I think there's some great things that we can learn from Joshua and about the whole situation that are very apropos for our lives, for leadership, for for how we conduct ourselves in this life and in this world, and some just really fantastic basic principles of living a godly life. And uh, so uh, the, the title is Joshua, A Different Spirit. Now, I know that the different spirit was said of Caleb, but uh, Joshua was in the same category, so I'm giving him credit. Um, I think God would have them in the same two category. So Joshua chapter one, we'll just go ahead and go there. And, um, and, uh, I'll read this as an intro in Joshua one verse one. He says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aide, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan river into the land. I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. So we know the situation is this. This is when they're they're finally ready. You know, to give you a quick backstory, Moses had led the people out of Egypt. They unfortunately got to the edge of the promised land. They were scared. They were fearful. They wanted to send spies in. They did so. That really backfired. The spies came back all fearful, all except Joshua and Caleb. But the 10 basically came back complaining, spreading fear in the camp, causing the whole camp to be dismayed, to be, to be afraid and to not want to go. God was furious because they were supposed to just march in and take it. That was the command to trust God, to have faith in God, to go in and take the promised land. And, but they didn't do that. And therefore he condemned them to wandering the desert 40 years, one year for every day that the spies were in the promised land. And so they, they had to go through the whole 40 years until all, basically all the, uh, the people of that generation died off. This is a new generation. And this is a very interesting thing because, you know, we're, we're going through a general shift now, a generational shift in our country and even in the church. And, and new generations bring new ideas and new thoughts and a new faith, which is what I'm particularly excited about. And not that the old faith is necessarily bad, but sometimes it's great to just have new hearts and new eyes. And we'll see that in this as well. But of course, the question, you know, the first question I throw out there is, you know, why, why, why Joshua? You know, what, what, what about him? You know, I mean, what, what was so big about him? Especially now we, we were going through new, new leadership would be transition time. And, you know, Moses had been the leader. He was pretty awesome. He led them for the 40 years. They knew him. They trusted him. He's the one that spoke with God. He had the radiance of God on his face. Everybody was confident. Moses, but what about Joshua? You know, now, you know, I think in all fairness, he was, he, he was a, a leader who had had many victories. Um, but they were facing new challenges going to the promised land and, you know, and later on they would get some pretty crazy plans walking in circles and shouting. So what was the need? Well, the need was to have 
faith, right? So they needed a man of faith. You know, they needed somebody who had proven. So yeah, Joshua was a great warrior. He was Moses' aide. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd done many great things already. But the most important factor in Joshua's life was not that he was a great warrior, was not that he was a great soldier, was not that he, you know, if it's anything like the movie, the classic Charlton Heston movie, he was, you know, good looking, buffed and everything. But that's not what was great about Joshua. What was great about Joshua was he was faithful. He was a faithful man to God. And that's what made him a great leader to succeed Moses. That's what made him the right guy to lead them into the promised land to take on all of God's victories and to be the point person for that. Because he was humble, yes, but he was faithful more than anything. That he just believed God. And, and you know, if we recall about him, the things, this is in Numbers 14, you know, at first it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me, wholeheartedly I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So everybody that was of the generation that went in when the when the spies went in, they all had to die. None of them got to go in the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. And and here, you know, he specifically says of Caleb he had a different spirit. But then later on in verse 30 he says, "Not one of you speaking to the Israelites will enter the land I swore with an uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them into to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in the wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering your, unfortunate, your unfaithfulness until the taste, until the last of your bodies lie in the wilderness. That was the curse where, you know, God told them, you guys aren't going to get to go in because of your unfaithfulness. You are suffering because of your unfaithfulness. And that's an important concept right there. Suffering because of unfaithfulness. There's a lot of suffering that happens in this world because of unfaithfulness. Directly attributed. I think oftentimes Christians suffer because of unfaithfulness. Because they don't put their faith in God. And even though they believe in God, and even though they acknowledge Him as God, they still don't have their faith in Him, and they suffer. They make bad decisions, they live in fear, they react to things, and they suffer needlessly. I mean, it's one thing to suffer because things happen to us, or suffer because Satan attacks, or because of all the evil in the world. But it's nothing when we suffer because of our own bad decisions, or because of not putting faith in God. And that's completely needless. And that was an example that was set before us. But the point here is that Joshua was a man of faith. He was, him and Caleb were the only two. They, and if you know the story, if you haven't read it, go back and read it. I mean, they stand up and they fight for God's vision. They say, we can do this. If God is with us, nobody can stop us. They, they understood that. They made the argument. Come on, guys, let's move forward. Let's do something great for God. Let's, let's do something great for ourselves because our God is with us. But the, but there were so many other voices saying, no, that we're going to suffer. Our children will get carried off in slavery. Our women will be taken away. Our, we'll lose everything. We'll be put to the sword. We'll never make it. This can't happen. And that negativity that was a directly out of fear, 
Because why? Because they weren't being faithful. As I said many times, and I continue to say, you know, in the world, the opposite of faith is unbelief. But in the church, the opposite of faith is fear. It's when we have these fears and we give in to them. And they suffered because of their unfaithfulness way too long. Um, So Joshua was a man of faith. So despite the fact there was new leadership, despite the fact there was new challenges, despite the fact that there were really some pretty crazy plans that weren't that solid, that definitely were not conventional and not logical and not even rational, unless you have faith. What in the world? Walking around a city seven times and screaming? Really? But if you have faith, it's a winner. But it all depends on the faith. And an important lesson there, it's not the plan. It's not even the man. It's the faith. It's faith that makes the difference. So Joshua chapter 1, we keep reading down in verse 15. He says, God says to him, Nobody will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And this is God speaking to Joshua. As I was with you, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. What a beautiful promise. I mean, God just tells them, look, I'm going to be here with you. Just like you saw me be with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And he tells them the first of several times, right? He says, be strong and courageous. That's what he asked Joshua to be. Be strong and courageous. In verse 7, he says it again. Be strong and very courageous. You know, and, and, and he says, be careful to obey all the law my Moses, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left. He continues. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. What does everybody want? To be prosperous and successful. He says, have I not commanded you? And he says it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He knew that Joshua would face some really tough times. There'd be some really difficult situations. And he says, don't get discouraged. It can happen to any of us, even the best of us. We have times that are discouraging. Satan knows how to push our buttons. Satan knows how to attack us. And it can be something that you wanted to go great, went terrible. It could be somebody that you hoped that you could help, that you couldn't help them that they didn't want your help. It could be somebody who attacks you and criticizes you. It could be, it could be something you messed up. You dropped the ball and you feel terrible about it. There's lots of different things that, that are being used to discourage us. He says, don't be discouraged. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will come across the Jordan here and go, to go and take possession of the land your God is giving you for your own. So Joshua responds immediately. He goes out and he gets the camp ready. And that's, again, you see Joshua's heart. He just, bam, he goes and does it. And, 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 you, and you see God's wisdom. 
We don't know. Nowhere does God, does Joshua say, I'm, I'm afraid. Or I, I don't, you know, I don't know if we can do this. In fact, quite the opposite. The only time you hear Joshua speaking, he's talking about what he knows can be done with the power of God. But God knows that we all deal with fear. God knows that we all deal with discouragement. He knows that we, we, we can be hesitant and we can hold back and, and, and out of fear and out of lack of faith. So he calls him to be strong and be courageous. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean to be strong and courageous for a Christian? I mean, how do we take that command and, and apply it? Well, there's several keys he gives us to, he gives them to us right there of how to be strong and courageous. Well, first of all, obviously that means you're confident. That means that you're bold. That means that you, 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 you're, you're not shrinking back because of the world. You're not living in fear because of what's happening around you. It means that you're confident. You're at peace. You're in shalom. And, 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 and we all know that that doesn't happen naturally. That doesn't just roll into our lap every day. It's something we have to go and, and get with God. And, and, and he gives us the keys here. He says, number one, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. That it's important that we obey God. That we're obedient to him. You know, there's, there's times that, that God's laws or what God teaches or what Jesus said, you know, obviously this is the Old Testament. This is the, this is the first covenant's law or the, I should say the Moses covenant law, not the law that, not the covenant we live under. We live under a new covenant with Jesus, but we still need to obey. Obedience is still principle. We have to obey Jesus. Just like they had to obey Moses, we have to obey Jesus. When Jesus says forgive one another, we need to forgive each other. When Jesus says do not judge, we need to not judge. When Jesus says go make disciples, we need to go make disciples. When Jesus says serve one another, we need to serve each other. Those are, those are commands and we need to obey them. So number one thing he says, just obey God. And, and, and the fact is, you might think, well, what does that have to do with courage? What does that have to do with, with, uh, not being afraid, you know, and, and being strong? It has everything to do with it because when we don't obey, we don't see God move in powerful ways. And it doesn't build our faith. But when we obey, we see God move in powerful ways and it fills our faith. Number two, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And he says, be careful to obey everything I said but, and don't turn away from it to the right or the left. That right or the left, that pops up multiple times in the Bible. It's, we all have tendencies and it even comes out in our language. We say right wing or left wing. We say right groups or left groups. Or we, we, we all have that. It's in our language. We all know what that means without explaining it. Right is generally conservative, generally more rules oriented, law and order, you know, and left is generally more grace and love and, and, you know, just everybody hug each other and we'll be fine. Hug the trees, hug the animals, hug the people, you know, and the others more, you know, deal with people, do what's right, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we all have tendencies and we cannot give in to those tendencies. Being strong, being courageous, is remaining balanced in God, centered in God, centered in Jesus. It's why it says, set your mind on things of above. It's why it says, set your mind on Jesus, our Savior. It's why the Bible says, set your eyes on Jesus or fix your eyes on Jesus to keep us balanced so we don't. And we will, we will. And there are times, and and the key is you've got to be able to recognize that. When you've drifted to the right or drifted to the left. 
It's why we need feedback. It's why we need to listen to people. Because they'll tell us, you know, the old saying, one person tells you you got a tail, you could say they're lying. Two people tell you you got a tail, you could say it's a conspiracy. Five people tell you you got a tail, you better turn around and take a look. We got to listen to people. Number three, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. There's something very powerful about speaking the Bible. Concerns me that we're not doing it much. That's why we have memory verses each week. So that we will memorize them and say them and speak them. It's, it's why we've been encouraged to text each other. And we should read those. It should be on our lips. It should be what we're thinking about. What we're meditating on. What we, what we just sit there and contemplate. The scriptures. Pick a verse. And think it all through. And think it how it applies. And what does it tell you? What does that mean for your life? What does it mean for that day? What does it mean for a situation you're wrestling with? That is amazing. I'm telling you, if you do that five days in a row, it will change you. You do that for a month, it will totally change you. You do that every, you do that as a lifestyle, you will take huge steps forward in your spirituality and in your growth. It's what he tells Moses to do. Number four, or excuse me, back up, back up, back up. Okay. No, there's not a number four. So we'll keep reading. Joshua says, then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. I love this. Okay, we're, the, 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 this is their response. Now keep in mind, this is a new generation. This is not the same generation that came out of the desert accusing Joshua and, and being mad. I'm excuse me, accusing Moses and being fearful and not trusting God. As much as they were blessed by God, Unfortunately, they didn't trust him. They didn't put their faith in him. And, and consequently, none of them got to go in the promised land. This is a whole new generation. This is a whole new generation of people. And it says, they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you, whatever you, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. I mean, you got to love this because first of all, their hearts are just, we're with you, bro. We're with you. And, and you got to love that, you know, because unity itself is a powerful thing. God blesses unity and they were totally unified behind him. And, 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 and that, that generation, they had a different spirit. They had a different heart, a heart based a lot more on faith. And, and the one thing they ask that of Joshua is just that he be strong and courageous. The exact same thing God had been commanding him to do. And I mean, I know, I, I mean, I, I'm imagining this was a great, great day for Joshua just to see the strength of a new generation, especially in contrast to that day that the spies gave their report and everybody was so negative and everybody was so afraid and they were so critical and they were so just lacking in faith. And he had to sit there and watch this knowing that they would be suffering their unfaithfulness for 40 years. And now here, you know, the Joshua and Caleb are old guys. I mean, they're really old guys. And they get to march into the promised land 
with a new generation, with a new spirit. And, and of course, you know the story. They go in and they take the land and they go through a lot of adventures, a lot of tough times too. You know, it's not all, you know, it's not all, uh, uh, easy work. They, 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 they have to learn to trust God with a really crazy plan, marching around the city and shouting. You know, I mean, what a crazy plan. They had to learn to just trust that it doesn't matter the plan. It doesn't matter the man. What matters is the God. And that's what makes the difference. And God was teaching them. Then they had the whole situation with ache and sin, where they started getting their rear ends kicked. You know, they were losing, 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 losing. And, and they had to go through the camp, figure out what it was. And they found out it was somebody in sin. And they learned that one person's sin can affect a lot of people. And basically, the God wasn't blessing them because one person had disobeyed and violated God's command. And they learned that what one person does affects the whole body, affects the whole group. And that's an important lesson. And, and they learned, they had to learn to trust God step after step after step. Of course, the, the, the Levites had to learn to trust God and, and what their inheritance would be and all the different things that happened that were teaching them basically to be faithful, to be strong and courageous because they were faithful. And then at the end of all those victories, Joshua pulls them together again in Joshua chapter 24. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, excuse me, the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. So he tells them, okay, you need to focus on God. You need to get rid of all the other gods, all the other distractions and solely put your faith in God, our God. Get rid of all the junk that you had, any false, which you know, it's pretty amazing because that means they, that means they had them. Even when they were conquering the promised land, they were still carrying around false God idols. And, and some people may have even still been worshiping some of the gods of Egypt, which really shows you God's patience because that is an abomination before the Lord. And yet he worked with them. He still worked with them. And, but now it was time to make a commitment and it was time to turn your back on sin. It was time to say no more. And it says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And you got to love this because, you know, Joshua is obviously he's calling them to a decision. And they say, but wait a second, didn't they already make a decision to be with God? Yeah, back when with Moses, they were all called to make a decision. Remember, Moses split the ground, or God split the ground, and they all had to choose choose a side. And those who were going to be with God came over, and, and the, well, those were their parents. And now these people had to make a decision. This generation had to decide: Am I going to be with God or not? And and you can say, well, obviously they had gotten the promised land; they'd been through so much. But it's not so obvious. Wait a second. Just because somebody's been in the church a long time doesn't mean that they're going to be faithful to God. We've all seen that. We've seen people who've been in the church for decades and then leave. You know, you say, what, what in the world? This is what happens. So we have to make the decision all our lives to be God's people and to do things God's way. And so it's, so Joshua is calling them to this decision. And of course they respond. It says, then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us 
and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our journey, our entire journey, and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too, we, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. I mean, they were just like, are you kidding? We're going to serve God. And you, and you love that, right? You love that. You want to hear that. But the interesting thing is Joshua challenges them back. He says, Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. You know, Joshua knew that they were carrying around those idols. Joshua knew that some of them were still praying to Egyptian gods and to, to the Babylonian, or not Babylonian, the, the, the gods of the people beyond the Euphrates. He knew that. And so here he is, he's challenged them. He said, no, no, you really need to make a clear decision here. You need to count the cost and make a real decision. Are you going to be faithful to God all the way? Because the worst thing you can do is say you're going to be faithful and then turn on him. So he challenges them back. And they come right back. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you've chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people and there at Shechem, and he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. So Joshua, he challenges them back. They say, nope, we're going to do it. He says, then you're witnesses. And they say, we're witnesses. We're going to live up to our promise. And he even sets up a stone that will be a witness. Now, I, I'm going to tell you that, you know, Fast forward to the time of Micah, and Micah, basically the book of Micah is a lawsuit that God basically puts sues his people for breach of contract that they made right here. So Joshua, though right here, is in essence making them sign a contract. You're going to be faithful to the Lord. And, you know, this generation was faithful to the Lord. It was following generations that became less and less Sometimes up, sometimes down. If you read the book of First and Second Kings or First and Second Chronicles, you see that in living color. Times that they're faithful, times that they're not. Times that they're faithful, times that they're not. In the time of Micah the prophet, uh, an eighth century prophet, um, he basically files a lawsuit against the people of Israel, or the people of Judah, and basically says, I'm suing you because you breached your contract. And he calls the witness the mountains and the rocks the very witnesses that were set because they were there on this day that they made the promise. So do not make promises to God lightly. So what do we learn? There's always a call to renewal of the covenant. There's, there's always an affirmation of the story. What I didn't have time to read was God recounts the whole story of how he saved them. And that's what they referred to, that it was God that saved us. And we know that. There's a challenge to their commitment. And sometimes our commitment is challenged. We think, oh, I said Jesus is Lord and I got baptized. It should be easy from here on out. It's not going to be easy. And there's going to be times that commitment we made is going to be really challenged. 
And they even have a tenacious recommitment. They're stubborn about doing what's right. That's the time you, you, somebody asked one time, why do we have stubbornness if it's always bad? It's not always bad. Stubbornness is good when it's applied to righteousness. That's called tenacity. That's when you're just tenaciously committed. And they were tenaciously recommitted to serving God. And there are witnesses. There are witnesses to our baptism. There are witnesses to the, to the promises we made to God. There are witnesses that heard us say, Jesus is Lord. And they hold us to it. But you see the story of how God works with Joshua. What a great leader. And what made him great was not his fighting ability, not his war skills. It's not even his leadership skills. It's simply that he is a man of faith. Really humility and faith. He's a man that God could say be strong and courageous. And he was strong and courageous. Because he was faithful to God. So that's our study of Joshua. May it be a blessing to you when coming. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.